What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of College Gridiron. I am Danny Scott. As per usual, I'm here with my buddy Tyler Who We don't have Ryan today, no Sam today. Just a one-on-one, good, old-fashioned conversation between me and Tyler. But before we get into everything, Tyler, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the wrap-up of college football season, bowl season coming up? How are you doing with everything? Danny, I'm glad to be here. A little bit bittersweet, I'm going to be honest with you. Of course, this has been one of the most phenomenal college football seasons I've ever seen. And this is no understatement. It's been just wild. There's been no consistency. Teams flying in and out of the top ten. And, I mean, as we expected, Alabama's number one at the end of the day for now. But, man, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, you know, it seems like this year we were going, oh, it is Alabama's time to go down. It's mm-hmm. all Georgia this year. Georgia's going to run the SEC. And then Nick Saban reminded everyone that he's the best coach ever. Not not just yeah. not just the best coach he's, right he's now. He is the best coach ever. Undisputed GOAT. So, I mean, it's so hard to count out Alabama every year. But, yes, I completely agree. This was the most memorable college football season that I've ever watched. Yeah, I enjoyed this thoroughly. I I mean I feel like we've both been extremely invested into this college football season. One, two, just like just the stakes just feel like a little higher that now that we're just like trash talking each other, just just like you know just talking every day about college football, the wild stuff, the crazy hires, coaches coaches dipping last minute, ghosting their programs. Um, I know you know that a little too well, but I mean it's been it's. Yeah, it's been a wild season. I mean, last as we talked about Alabama, we count some of us counted them out. Uh, we both picked Georgia last week. We both got reminded that um, Nick Saban. Nick, shout out, shout out, Mister Ryan Gregor. Gregor called had, it. Gre- he had such a great episode with Gre- his calls. If yeah. you're listening to this, Ryan, um, we hate you, but we also love you. Yes, we mostly love you. You're uh, you made some great calls last week, uh, especially that Alabama one. Um, Nick Saban reminded Kirby Smart that he's his daddy, basically. Just absolutely dog-walked this Georgia defense and made them look silly. Yeah, well, before we really get into talking about that game, I want to talk about the top four. The Mm -hmm. four playoff teams, I want to talk about how they got there, what they did this season, and really why they are the four teams that are in the playoffs. So let's start out number one, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Alabama, once again, once again, finds themselves as the number one team in the country. This is the 11th time in Nick Saban's 15 years at Alabama that they won the SEC. Wow. And one of those four years that they didn't win the SEC, they went on to beat LSU in the BCS National right. Championship, who was the number one team. I mean, Nick Saban, come on. Do we have to say it? He's the GOAT. Undisputed. I mean, like, there's other co- – you think about other sports – there, there's going to be debates about who's the greatest coach of all time. If it's college football, there's no debating it. Nick Saban took that. He took over Bear Bryant's torch, another Alabama legend, and just ran with it. He is the undisputed greatest college football coach of all time. Builds a dominant program year in, year out. And just went, like, what's that godfather line? Like, just when I'm out, they pull me back in? Yeah, no, that's exactly how this Alabama season felt with uh, Saban. They felt like, oh, they might be a little bit flawed. Their offensive line isn't as strong as always. Their receiving core isn't as strong as always. It's pretty it's pretty uh, top-heavy with um, Jameson Williams and John Mechie third. And with no Mechie going into the playoffs, exactly. is, that, is that concerning if you're if you're Alabama? Ooh, Mechie, yeah, I mean, like, that's something that we're going to have to talk about, right, actually. That's definitely going to gonna be uh, part of the conversation in a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, Alabama's Alabama. Yeah. You know, they, they end the season 12-1 and one this year. Mm-hmm. They finish the year with three wins over ranked opponents that are in this final top 25 ranking. Right. Last week, the then number one, now number three, Georgia Bulldogs, now number eight, Ole Miss, and number 21, Arkansas. Their only loss this year also comes to a ranked opponent and 25, Texas A&M. That is... A great season, you know. It they sh- probably should have beat Texas A and M. Looking back at that right. game, they lost on the last second field goal. But you know, stuff happens. It's college it, football. It's it's college football. This team had a few few close calls this year. LSU, Arkansas, Florida. Auburn, Florida. You know, but good teams find ways to win. I've been saying that all year. I've been saying that about my Fighting Irish, about other teams. Good teams will find ways to win, and that is exactly what Alabama did all year, and that's why they find themselves number one. 
Alabama is coming, getting hot at the right time. They've come into their form like at the perfect time. They've hit their stride. They finally found an offensive consistency. Uh, they've had a little bit of adversity. I mean, if you look at that um, that uh, Auburn game, Jameson Williams getting ejected for targeting. Um, this past game, John Mitchell getting hurt. You know what? They just they just find ways to win. This is a great team. And do I think they're the best team in the nation right now? Yes, but um, I mean, I think that and. This college football playoff is pretty much any given Saturday. It's this is it's going to be wild, and anything can happen in this college football playoff. But I really think this Alabama team is the best team in the nation. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I still, I still have my faith in Georgia. Really? I think, I think that they'll be. We'll we'll talk about. It. We'll talk about it before but, we before we get into Georgia. I mean, like this Alabama team, in my opinion, has the best offensive player in the nation, and Bryce Young, and the best defensive player in the nation, and Will Anderson. I think when you have top top heavy talent like that, top end talent like that, it's pretty hard to beat. Well, let's move on to the team that I think has the best defensive player in the nation. Maybe not as good as counting stats Ooh. as Will Anderson, but Aiden Hutchinson of the Michigan Wolverines. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. In for Heisman contention, the dude just plays big in big games. Three sacks against Ohio State, adds another sack and a couple passes defended last week or deflected. But this Michigan team, we've been hearing about it since Harbaugh's tenure started there. Will they be able to win the big one? Will they be able to win the Big Ten championship? Can they finally beat Ohio State? The answer to all those questions is yes. This is Harbaugh's first Big Ten championship. They finished the year with two wins over ranked opponents. Number two at the time, Ohio State. I believe they're six, six or seven in the final poll. And then Iowa last week in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this Michigan team, they have answered all the questions I've pretty much all the questions I've had about them. Uh, they're also coming to their own, playing their best football right now. They're not stumbling into the playoffs. They're red hot right now, coming off a big win against Ohio State and then a dominant, dominant win against Iowa, where it wasn't even close. It was just unfair. We, I mean, we were we were a little too nice to Iowa on the podcast last week. I feel like we all called blowouts, but we did. We we're a little nice. Uh, yeah, I believe I said thirty-eight to ten. I think I said like final 30, score I, yeah, ended up 42, being forty-two three. to three. I think I said like thirty-one thirteen. I was very nice to Iowa. Um, I mean, I, I saw I saw this coming. Yeah. I saw a blowout. Did I expect it to be as big as it was? No. Maybe a little bit, yeah. but Michigan figured it out at the exact right time. Oh, they, they're playing, in my opinion, the best football in the country coming down the stretch. I mean, you could definitely argue that they're playing. They're red hot. They're they've Stacked up against the best opponents down the stretch. They figured it out, and yes. they are playing great football. Their defense is incredible, and their offense last week. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about it in a few. You, we yeah. keep saying we'll talk about it in a few. I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna give a a little bit of a, big an idea one. of why these teams made it to where they are. But well, Harbaugh yeah. finally gets done, mm-hmm. wins the Big Ten championship, and. Good for Michigan. Yes, they, they deserve it. I mean, I'm not the biggest Michigan fan. As you probably heard on this podcast, I've gone against Michigan a couple times. And it's bit me in the butt once with the Ohio State call. Um, Michigan has uh, – they have the formula to win big games now. They have a dominant ground, ground game. And a, like, kind of a, like a thunder and lightning kind of thing with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Blake Corum being lightning, Hassan Haskins being thunder. Um Haskins is the big powerful runner who I mean he put up five touchdowns against Ohio State and then Blake Horn breaks off huge runs. He's also so talented. And then you got the best edge duo in college football and Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, which is just unstoppable. I mean like that just makes every everybody's job look a lot easier in uh in the back end on defense. This is a Michigan team that's coming to its own and with improved quarterback play. I'm surprised. Caden McNamara's been playing well. JJ McCarthy, when inserted, has been playing well. This is a pretty complete Michigan team. I, I would completely agree. And their only loss this year, one loss it was a to, to one. Michigan their State. in-state rival, Michigan State, 
Mm-hmm. Close game on the road. They end up dropping that. But, you know, yeah. one loss it's nothing in to be, this, it's in this nothing year to be ashamed absolutely of. gets you yeah. in. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Michigan State currently ranked 10th in the poll. I think they were, what, ranked 7th at the time? And then at, went up to 3rd. Yeah, they, were, I they mean, were up to 3 this year. Yeah, they were up to 3 at one point this year. I mean, they're a very good team, so there's nothing to be ashamed of. They lost on a last-minute turnover. It is what it is. Close game. This is a, v- a much better Michigan State. Mi- mi- excuse me, much better Michigan team than I've given them credit for. So I'm giving them their credit here. Absolutely, I agree. And let's let's move on to a team that maybe we've been given too much credit to all season. You long. have for sure. The the Georgia Bulldogs, number mm-hmm. three team in the country. They were the most dominant team all season long. I was I did a little bit of math. Including the SEC championship, they outscored their opponents this year 449 to 124. Okay, they're pretty good. This loss last week in the SEC championship was half of the amount of points they had given up all year. They they were going into this game with about 80 points given up. They l- allowed 42 last week. But... Kirby Smart just he can't get it done over Saban. It's the the Saban assistant coach curse. Uh, they finished the season three wins over top twenty five schools: Clemson, Arkansas, and Kentucky. And they're only lost this year to the now number one Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I've haven't been. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been that high in Georgia all year. I know they're ranked undisputed number one for a while. Uh, Stetson Bennett noodle arm. Yeah, exactly. Stetson Bennett has a pool noodle of an arm. I'll tell you that. Um. This Georgia team, I mean, sure, they have, like, a decent – like, if you want to look at their schedule, they've got those three top 25 wins, but none of the like, none of those are, like, legit. Like, Arkansas, sure, uh, they were good. Dominant win. Auburn sucks now. Uh, same – Kentucky's not that impressive. Same deal with Clemson. Those wins did not age well. Uh, Georgia, for the most part, has played a pretty cupcake schedule, if you want to look at it. For in terms of SEC, they play in the SEC East, which is an absolute cupcake, cupcake of a division. They play the weakest, the weakest competition week in week out, and I just don't buy it. I don't like. I've, I mean, like they're probably gonna prove me wrong, and I'll get to the like what I think about Georgia Michigan later. But I just don't buy Georgia being that great. I mean, their offense is nothing special to me. They have a decent run game. It's not as like it's nothing crazy. Their defense is phenomenal, but they got kind of exposed against Alabama. I guess maybe they're put uh, forced to play a lot more than the usual, just because Georgia's quarterback play wasn't that good, which I'm gonna talk about right now. Stetson Bennett. Uh, why are you still starting him, Kirby Smart? I'm not sure, considering you have a much better quarterback on your roster named J.T. Daniels, who is healthy now. Uh, Stetson Bennett. I've never been impressed by him. Seems like an okay guy, but he has a pool noodle of an arm. Terrible decision maker. Not 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 a quality quarterback. Definitely not an NFL quality quarterback. Why he's starting in a playoff game is beyond me. I don't get it, and I don't think this Georgia team is that legit. I'm going to counter that. I, I really, really, really wanted it to be Georgia's year to take out Alabama. I wanted to see some new faces in the playoffs. Like Notre uh, Dame? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. And maybe not even I mean, if Oklahoma State would have made it over Alabama, it's just I'm right. tired of seeing Alabama, oh. Clemson, you know, it you, just you, it gets so repetitive you, and boring. You were born in you were born into the Nick Saban era, so I guess I we, know, we, we, we gotta deal with it. It's brutal. I mean, we're we're witnessing greatness, but yes. I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I, I really wanted this to be Georgia's team. I think they still have the best defense in the country when it's when it's I mean, all said yeah. and done. Yeah. They have so many playmakers, N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis. Yep. They're going to figure it out. Kirby Smart is a good football coach. He's yeah. a great football coach. He's going to make some adjustments for the playoffs. And if we see a Georgia-Alabama rematch, I like Georgia in this one. I mean, yeah, it is tough to beat a team twice. Um, Especially a team like Georgia. Like Georgia, exactly. But uh, Alabama has Stetson Bennett figured out, I'll tell you that. They did it last year. They absolutely killed him last year, made him throw three picks. This year, same story. It wasn't very pretty. I just, I don't know, man. There's just something about Georgia that throws me off. I mean, sure, defense wins championships, but not in college football. Um, Offense wins championships. And when your quarterback is Stetson Bennett, you're not winning anything. So I just don't buy Georgia. I'll be honest with you. Fair enough. But let's move on. Number four team in the country. Maybe second best coach in college football at the moment. Yep. Number four, 
the Cincinnati Bearcats group of five team finally makes it, Tyler. Thank we've God. Been, we've been waiting since the since inauguration of this college football playoff, whatever you, whatever it is. This it need it needs a revamp, but finally Cincinnati breaks down the barriers. Mm-hmm. They get in thirteen and zero this year. Unbelievable. They have a, in my opinion, just not just as good, a very 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 good win against Notre Dame, the number five team in the country in the final poll on the road on the road at Notre Dame. That's a very very tough place to oh, win. Brutal, you know best. I mean, you're a Notre Dame fan. Br- very tough place to play. I touched you got touchdown Jesus staring at you. No, that's and in South Bend, cold. Oh no. But like Cincinnati came up, stepped up, and won that game. They've got a couple quality wins, I'll tell you that. Um if Cincinnati wins the national championship, UCF will never be allowed to show their face again in college football, calling themselves national champions after their thirteen and season. But Cincinnati actually made the playoff and deservingly so. I mean, let's be honest, all four of these teams are the most deserving teams in the in the nation. I'll be honest with you. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree with yeah, you more. I still, I'm still mad about Ohio State. Uh, they made me look stupid, but um, you know what? All things happen for a reason. This Cincinnati team is a representative of the state of Ohio for the college football playoff, and man, are they good! Desmond Ritter, a quarterback. You got Jerome Ford running the ball, and they got a pretty like well. They don't really pass it to one specific guy on offense. Very well spread out. It is. It is a it, very, very balanced team. Very balanced. All around. They're extremely balanced. They, they, and their defense they is good. are a little bit like Michigan in that sense. Yes, where they're, they're just very balanced. No right. one guy takes over a game. They just. But Ritter, very, very but, good teamwork and yep. very, very good coaching. But Ritter has game-changing ability, and man, this is such a good a Cincinnati team. And they got the worst matchup. They got they got killed, but they got screwed by the playoff kind of just getting matched up with Alabama. Just absolutely brutal. What a test. But I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Luke Fickle. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the nation. I think yes, you did say second best coach in the nation. I'm gonna be honest. I have to wholeheartedly agree. I think he's the clear second best coach in the nation. Has turned that program from a decent program, that decent Cincinnati program to a legitimate college football powerhouse. And when they enter the Big 12 in a couple of years, they're going to run that conference. This is a very, very good team. You got three signature wins, I'll say it. Notre Dame, SMU, I still consider them a signature win. That is win. not a signature. Get out I of mean, town. not signature in the terms of rankings, but you go, you, you're you facing a team with a top 10 offense in the nation. So would you consider one of Notre Dame's wins signature because they beat Virginia, well, who, was, not, who well, was number one offense in the on, nation? Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. They... I'm not saying that they just beat them. Wait, they helped, so, they so helped, a, a, they non, a non-Power 5 school with a good offense, so that's a signature win, Tyler? All right, give me, give me a second. Let me explain, Mr. Mister Danny Scott. I know you're upset that you are, you're Notre Dame fighting Irish to not make the playoff, but this is a top-10 offense that got held to zero points until the fourth quarter. Uh, Cincinnati, that's extremely impressive. And was no, during that Notre Dame-Virginia game, was Brendan Armstrong playing? I don't think he was, so... Um, yeah, that takes a lot of credibility away from that Virginia win right there. Um, your co- starting quarterback isn't playing. This is a fully manned SMU team that just got cooked by the Cincinnati team. Houston, same deal. Dominant win. I'll give you the Houston win. Houston Houston's has to be. a top, it's, it's 25 top 20, opponent. Top 25. S- SMU, no. S- just, that's, SMU, that's terrible. SMU, maybe not a signature win, but it's a win. Sig- it's not a signature win. I'll give you a it, good win. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a good, good win, win. that looks good, win. good for them. And the way Saying they that's won. that's a signature win, Oh, fine, fine. Maybe, fine, maybe not a signature win, but you know, that takes off all of Notre Dame's wins off the table then. <laughs> but real talk, this is a very, very good Cincinnati team, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's move on. We've we've kind of mentioned this game a lot. Um, number three at the time moves up to number one. Alabama takes knocks down number one at the time moves to number three. Georgia forty one twenty four. Alabama dominated this game. Yeah, um, it was not pretty. Uh, Alabama was just unfair. They, I mean, Bryce Young just cemented his Heisman candidacy. Literally just won himself the Heisman. Um, four total touchdowns, no turnovers, composed performance, and just dominating, just picking apart this Georgia defense. I was so hyped up, so vaunted. Bryce Young throws for 421 yards on them, three touchdowns. Runs for 40 yards on a touchdown. Just, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even fair. Um, Georgia, yeah, I've harped on this game enough, but this is a very good win for Alabama. 
Yeah, I just I just want to add on to what you were saying. Yeah, Jamison Williams, great game. Unbelievable. 184 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, one thing, I want to talk about it right now. Lose John Mechie for to a torn ACL for the rest of the year. Yeah. How big does that affect Alabama coming down the stretch? They only got one really go-to wide receiver. Does that potentially lose Alabama a national championship with only giving Bryce Young that one like serious, serious weapon? Yeah, now you got me reconsidering a lot of stuff now that I uh that John Mechie's hurt. You your second leading receiver is what, Slade Bolden with like three hundred yards. Jaleel Billingsley hasn't stepped up into the role that we expected him to do, like with that Irv Smith role of a couple years ago at Alabama tight end. Yeah, you don't really have that second weapon. I mean, Brian Robinson Jr., Trace, you can't I don't know. This is a weird Alabama team. Like it's very I mean, Bryce Young can make anybody look good. Bryce Young is that good. Yeah, he's, so, he's so, very, very so, good. So maybe it's not going to be that big of an impact, but losing your second receiver is going to be a tough. Especially, it's going to be brutal. Who's most likely going to be a first round pick in the upcoming I, draft? I don't know about that. I, we'll we'll get to that one day, but I don't I don't know about that. But he's a good player. Um, this J, this just puts so much more of a spotlight on uh, Jameson Williams. I mean, he's stepped now, up. To, now he, you can double. Double Jameson Williams. Exactly. You take away. You, you get. I mean, this is this is a Cincinnati team that has a, a real shutdown corner in Ahmad Sauce Gardner. You put Sauce Gardner on Jameson Williams with a little bit of safety help, that could spell trouble for Alabama. I'll tell you that. So, yeah, that takes away a massive part. You're basically your whole short game is cut down a little bit because John Mechie is very good at the over the middle tough catches. He's not a burner. Jameson Williams is a burnt their burner. You get uh, Ahmad Gardner on him who's a lockdown corner, and you put a little safety help. This is gonna make Bryce Young's job a lot harder. So yeah, this is this is a massive impact for uh, Alabama. The the one thing I want to add before we move on, um, you know, I'm an offensive lineman. I love offensive linemen, tight ends. Mm-hmm. Brock Bowers for Georgia. Oh my God! True freshman, ten receptions. 139 receiving yards and a touchdown. This kid is special, and he's going to be special for the next two years, and I would be amazed if he's not a top-10 draft pick in a couple years. Wow. Uh, That's a lot. I'm speechless. (laughs) He very, 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 very much impressed me last week. I haven't really been paying attention to Georgia. I was going to say top-10 off the bat in two years. (laughs) Because every time I watch Georgia, I watch it for the first quarter. They're up 21 to nothing, and I turn it off. Exactly. You watch Georgia, you look at the big man in the middle, Jordan Davis, eating up six blocks, and then you turn it off. Exactly. I mean, Bowers, he showed out. He, um, He just made... Whoever the quarterback next year is, job so much easier. Absolutely. Well, let's get on to uh, Michigan. Number two, Michigan over number thirteen at the time, Iowa, forty-two to three. Michigan, we mentioned it before, absolutely dominant win. They dominated both sides of the ball. And one thing I want to add, I was looking through the stats. There was not a single player on on the offense or defense that just absolutely dominated dominated this game for Michigan. This was maybe the best team performance I have seen all year long out of anyone. And Michigan played 60 minutes of perfect football, won this game 42 to 3 in the playoffs. Uh yeah, Michigan yeah, not even close. Michigan absolutely dominated. Um yeah, it was really just a balanced effort. I mean, nothing crazy. Um Cade McNamara did his job, threw a pick. So did JJ McCarthy, but you know what? That didn't really matter. I mean, you're up forty, you win forty-three-two to three. Their their run game, two hundred eleven total yards, uh, six point two yards per carry. I know a couple big runs, a Blake Corm sixty-seven yard run, I think touchdown run, and I mean that that kind of skews it. But and then four rushing touchdowns. You got Donovan Edwards, two two total touchdowns. Um. He had one massive 75-yard uh, passing touchdown. That's the that's a running back right there who made that pass. Uh, to Roman Wilson, you got Blake Corum breaking off big runs. You got Hassan Haskins with two rushing touchdowns. As I said, Thunder and Lightning dominated, did their thing. Um, honestly, just looking at this game, nothing crazy. Just everybody did their job. Aiden Hutchinson got another sack, as, as we expected. Same old, same old. But... And he got a tackle for loss. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is really just what we expected, but then some. 
Exactly. There's there's not a ton more I want to add about this game. Yeah, really boring. I game. mean, I turned it off after like a quarter. Michigan quarters. just dominated. They did what they needed to do. Welcome to the playoffs, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, move on to number four, Cincinnati over number twenty. Now Houston, thirty-five to twenty. Again, another game. I don't have a ton to say about it. Mm-hmm. Since he looked dominant pretty much the whole game, there I, there was a little scare coming up towards halftime, but. Cincinnati took care of business. They did what they needed to did or did what they needed to do, excuse me. Right. And uh finds themselves in the playoffs. First power group of five team, non power five team to right. make the playoffs. Yeah, this is a tough game because to watch because um I had to watch the of course, the Alabama-Georgia t- game at the same time. So I wasn't able to pay as much attention to it. But I did flip on, flip it on a couple times as the second half happened. And, I mean, like, first half, 14-13. So I was like, all right, I'm going to tune in for the second half because it's a close game. What if Cincinnati gets upset? What stuff could happen. Pandemonium. game in the playoffs. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Cincinnati came to play the second half. Uh, 21 points in the third quarter. Just came just dominated this Houston team. And this is a very good Houston team. And Cincinnati, oh my god, look at look at Jerome Ford what he did. 187 yards, two touchdowns. Just absolutely dominant performance from him. One of the best running backs in the nation. Did his job and then some. Desmond Ritter didn't even do anything crazy. Just 190 passing yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers. Just did his job. Clinical. This is what Cincinnati is. Clinical. They are a very, very efficient football team, and they do their job. There's no one man who's carry. As we said, no one man that carries that team. Maybe you could say Desmond Ritter, but even then, he has a ton of help. Makes his job a lot easier. This is a very, I mean, great win for uh, Cincinnati. They did their job. Nothing else to say. Yeah, I'd, I don't have anything else to add. Great win for Cincinnati. But now to maybe the best game of the weekend. Um I don't want to talk about it a ton because it had no playoff implication. Well, now it doesn't, yeah. But one of the best games ever this season. Phenomenal It was game. such a good game. Number nine, Baylor, takes out number five, Oklahoma State, 21-16. Baylor stops them by an inch and wins this game. Right. I mean, like, it's it was an unbelievable game. Uh, if you think 21-16, you don't expect an unbelievable game. You look and you're like, oh, low scoring, boring, blah, blah, blah. This is a great game. And Baylor basically kept Oklahoma State in the game. And if you look at the box score right now, you would think Baylor dominated Oklahoma just based off quarterback play. Blake Shapin, 23 for 28 passing, 188 passing yards, and three touchdowns, no turnovers. And you got Spencer Sanders on the other hand, 257 passing yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. You would think Baylor won by like 28-0 or something like that. But no, Baylor just wouldn't. Oklahoma kept chipping. Oklahoma State kept chipping away. They wouldn't let go. They didn't give up. And I mean, this was, yeah, as we said, close game, five point game ended on the one yard line. Basically, Baylor stopped ended Oklahoma on State. the one foot line. One exactly. Baylor stopped Oklahoma State from leaning over and yeah, it's reminiscent of Kevin Dyson of uh, Rams versus Titans in the night in the Super Bowl like nineteen ninety nine, literally. I mean, like that—that's got to be heartbreaking for Oklahoma State, for Mike Gundy, one of the great, one of the great coaches. And you look at it, Oklahoma State's season, their playoff hopes were on the one-foot line, and they got kicked in the face. Not, not that it mattered anymore because Alabama takes out Georgia. Right. But you know, incredible game. Yes. One of the best games I've watched all year long. But let's move on. Uh, final playoff rankings. Mm-hmm. We'll just do the top 10, maybe mention a few in there. Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Cincinnati 4. We've already covered that. No objections at no, all. No objections in the top top four. Yep. Uh, 5 through 10. Notre Dame 5, Ohio State 6, uh, Baylor 7, Ole Miss 8, Oklahoma State 9, Michigan State 10. I'm looking at that right now. That's a pretty good top 10 for the most part. I The one thing, one objection I'll have is number 11, Utah. I would have them in the top 10 based on what their performances were down the stretch. I think you might agree with me there. That's a I, very I good would team. agree. I would probably. Put them, I would put them the, for Michigan the State. Only, the only Actually, issue I have with Utah is their only good wins came against Oregon. But and that's, a quali- that's two quality wins. I know I, Oregon. I, I They have Oregon's number. 
they definitely have Oregon's number. Yes. I, I I guess I would agree with you. I'd yeah. probably flip flop Michigan State and Utah. I'd probably have Utah ten, Michigan State eleven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that Utah team's really good. They got NF, true NFL talent on. I'd say both sides of the ball. They got a good offensive line, good run attack, and then Devin Lloyd on defense. I think the best linebacker prospect in this draft class. He's. I mean, we talked about this. I texted you about this. That kid, number zero, is just flying around all over the field. He's so good, man. Reminiscent of Roquan Smith at Georgia. Yeah, and uh, then you got Pitt, who ends up at 12. A couple other notable ones. Oregon ends up 14. Uh, Oklahoma at 16. This is one that we talked about a little bit before the show. Mm -hmm. Clemson finds her way back into the top 25. Yeah, I mean, Clemson started the year off at third-ranked. Had an awful start to the season. DJ Uyungle did not look like the answer. Uh, but then their defense hit a stride. Coach Brent Venables, one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation, uh, he did his thing. Um, and this Clemson team hit their stride pretty much. Got a big win against Wake Forest on the stretch. And I think, what are they, 10-3 and three now? Um, that, sound, that sounds right. Or yeah. I think they're 9-4. Nine 9-4. Yeah, uh, I think maybe nine and three. I think they play twelve games, but nine they, and three. Yes, I know. Three. I know they're they're red hot on the stretch. They've won their last six games. This Clemson team, they got something to build on for next year. I'll tell you that. Um, massive disappointment of the year of a year, but this is something to build on for next year. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, there's no other ones that are are really shocking to me. Yeah. Um, no. no I think shockers. I think the committee did a good job. I I wouldn't really change this. Yeah, very very much. Very controversial at the start of the pl- playoff with like the Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State after they all that stuff. A lot of little stuff. But at the end of the day, I really don't have any objections. I think the rankings are indicative of what these teams are built for. I think this is committed to a solid job. I I agree. So Let's uh yeah. let's move on Heisman talk. Mm, yep. Heisman's coming up this weekend. Um, the four guys that finish in the top four and will be in New York where we are, uh, Bryce Young, the obvious favorite, most likely going to win it, Aiden Hutchinson, C.J. Stroud, and Kenny Pickett. Um, I'll let you start off. Uh, who's your number one guy? Who's your number two, three, and four? All right, so number one, um, I mean, we're both going to agree on this, Bryce Young, undisputed. And as much as I want to make that case for C.J. Stroud, he didn't finish the season strong. Didn't get that conference championship game to pat, pat his stats. Bryce Young has it in the bag. Um, if he doesn't win, this is a fraud of an award. He is very deserving, and he's been he's been phenomenal all year. Um, you want me to go for two and four? No, four? I'll, I'll I'll mention yeah, I'll mention you, you my go one. for your one. My yeah. one, Bryce Young, yeah, undisputed. Uh, forty three hundred passing yards, forty two touchdowns, only four interceptions, add another three rushing touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. Um he had his Heisman moment a couple of times, beating number one Georgia and that drive against Auburn to come right. back, win the Iron Bowl. I mean, if Bryce Young does not win this, I don't know what college football is. Yeah, uh this is Bryce Young's award to lose. Um Plus, he plays for the best team in the nation, so that just pads his exactly. case even plays, more. Plays for the number one team in the nation, the undisputed leader of the number one team oh, in the nation. yeah. I'd say best player, best offensive player in the nation, probably best player in the nation. Uh, number two, uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with me. I'd say C.J. Stroud. Uh, C.J. Stroud has had a phenomenal year as a redshirt freshman, 38 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,800 yards. Um and 70% completion percentage, uh, 10 and 2 team, sixth ranked, and he was he he was phenomenal all year. Uh, didn't really do that much against like a big game like Michigan, but then again that play call wasn't that great, and Michigan had a phenomenal game plan from the get go. His offensive line didn't really help; they didn't play that well. And C.J. Stroud was really good. I mean, uh, signature games: Michigan State, six touchdowns in the first half. You know the story. So um, C.J. Stroud, I think he's the second. Definitely my second pick for Heisman. He's my number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from that. I have CJ Stroud at three. Okay. My number two right now, Aiden Hutchinson. Wow. He is the only defensive player in this year's class. And I know your love for Will Anderson. Okay. Will Anderson, yes, better counting stats, but what separates Hutchinson is his play in big games. I mean like all right, keep going. I mean Ends the year, 58 total tackles, 14 sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. But the one I want to point out, 
against your number two guy, Michigan versus Ohio State, Aiden Hutchinson comes into the game, seven tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss. And maybe the biggest game this year. I, I think that game had the most implications on playoffs, maybe outside of this past week's SEC championship. But Hutchinson is a big game baller, and he gets it done. I think he is the best defensive player in this year's class, looking like a potential. I'm seeing a lot of hype for him yeah, to be the number I, one I'm pick seeing... over Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think he's the number two guy for the Heisman this year. Ah, man. I, first of all, he's not he's not better than Will Anderson. Uh, counting stats and all. Will Anderson's also been a big game player. Had a sack against Georgia, six tackles. Had he's had big games against Arkansas, another sack against Stenson Bennett, noodle arm. Stenson Bennett, noodle arm. But then again, he sacked uh, against a good Georgia offensive line. Doesn't matter if he's a noodle arm or not. You could be Patrick Mahomes, and he would still sack him. Um, this is the best. He's first of all senior versus sophomore. We're talking here. Uh, Will Anderson being a sophomore, Aiden Hutchinson being a senior. It's so much more impressive what Will Anderson's doing. That's why I'm so impressed by him. He's the best, probably the best defensive player he's the best defensive player of the nation why am i saying probably it's not really a debate so the fact that he's not in this heisman voting is kind of upsetting to me so then if we're going by counting stats then shouldn't kenny pickett win it kenny pickett who's who's both who's both our number four kenny pickett plays in a cupcake conference and his uh hasn't done it in any massive games i don't consider that a uh, acc championship a massive game that no playoff implications I'm I'm just if, busting if, your if, chops. If if we were doing a uh, counting stats, Bailey Zapp of Western Kentucky would win it with 56 touchdowns. But you know what? We don't do that here. Then then get Will Anderson out of here. It's Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> Stop it. Um, Kenny Pickett. Where I mean, he's both our number four. NC year, yeah. great season for him. He's looking potentially like the number one quarterback going to be taken off the board this year in the upcoming draft. So, so, great yeah, player. He's, he's flown up the draft board. 4,300 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Add another 241 rushing yards on the ground with seven touchdowns. And a filthy fake slide. Um, Kenny Pickett, yeah, really flown up the draft boards. He might be taking Matt Corral's spot as the number one uh, quarterback in this draft class. He was phenomenal. Uh, Sure, didn't play in the best conference, but he did his job. That wasn't his choice. He got... He got the benefit of the COVID year, the redshirt senior year. He's 23 right now, I think. But, man, he took advantage of that. He Joe Burrowed this season and just balled out. So, yeah, credits to Kenny Pickett, but he's fourth, fifth. I don't know because I'm putting Will Anderson as, like, my third pick for Heisman. Come on. Come on. He's my fourth. Get Hutchinson fifth. Hutchinson Get fifth. out of here. I'm being honest. I mean, like, come Hutchinson on. Hutchinson fifth. Are you kidding me? You heard me. You heard the man. Uh, oh actually, no, Hutchinson gosh. fourth, Pickett fifth. Uh, Yeah. And then one last honorable mention, the guy who was in the race until recently, Kenneth Walker III. Uh, I think he would, if it was a six-man race, he finished, he'd be If he finished the season, uh, he'd probably be in over Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I um, agree. He got hurt down the stretch, didn't have a couple good games and a couple big games that Michigan State needed him yeah, to. Yeah, the Ohio State game, he disappeared, but that wasn't his fault. That was but, just, I mean, against Michigan, we keep going back to it, 190 rushing yard, 197 rushing yards, five touchdowns. touchdowns yep. That is a Heisman-esque performance. Yep, he had his Heisman moment. But, um, unfortunately, yeah, he, didn't get, he got hurt a little bit, didn't play his best ball down the stretch. And, I mean, still played unbelievable besides the Ohio State game. But, you know. Most likely going to be the first running back taken yeah, this, I, this year. I'd agree I can't, with that. I can't think of too many others. I mean, yeah. you got Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Yeah. Kenneth Walker's better. Uh, one of my guys, <laughs> yeah. Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, he looks Kenneth really Walker's good. Better. But Kenneth Walker is better. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know. We don't know what the yeah, draft. And the, I mean, the, the draft is a ways away. The, the combine always happens, but I like exactly. I like the speculation. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, the draft is a ways away. We will be talking about the draft a lot this offseason. But um, yeah, Kenneth Walker definitely deserving of some Heisman consideration. Won't win it. Won't be in New York City, unfortunately for him. But he deserves some love. Yeah, and I think we both agree this is Bryce Young's award. Uh, yeah. Best best player in college football all year. He proved it. I mean, a 43-4 to four touchdown um, to interception ratio is absurd. And then three rushing touchdowns. And, like, you honestly, at this point, we just got to know what Bryce Young's going to wear to the ceremony. That's what we're speculating on at this point because we know he's winning. He's got his name stamped on the Heisman Trophy. So we'll see his uh, whatever suit he wears on Saturday. But congratulations to Bryce Young on winning Heisman 2021. 
And uh, we'll be back next week to just confirm that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Bryce Young, great season. Congratulations on your Heisman Trophy. But uh, New Year's Six Bowls. Let's go. I'm, I'm excited about this. Before we get into the New Year's Six Bowls, I'll, I'll mention them real quick. Uh, you got the Cotton Bowl for the playoffs, Alabama versus Cincy. Mm-hmm. Orange Bowl playoffs, Georgia versus Michigan. The granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Ohio State versus Utah. Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss versus Baylor. This is the one I'm looking forward to outside of the next one. The Fiesta Bowl, my Fighting Irish of Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. And the Peach Bowl, Pitt versus Michigan State. Uh, we were talking about it before, and there are some actually very, very good bowl games this year outside oh. of the New Year's Six. Um, there are some me, phenomenal ones. Give me a couple games that you're looking forward to, um, potentially ones that aren't New Year's Six bowls. Uh, they don't even have to be top 25 teams. What what are a couple of bowl games that the people listening should be looking out for if they don't want to watch just the dominant teams this year? All right, so I'm going to go uh, non-New Year's Six Bowls first. Uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to every single New Year's Six Bowl game because it's a New Year's Bowl and New Year's Six. It's the best games, best teams. The fun ones, Alamo Bowl, Oregon versus Oklahoma, 14 versus 16. Two teams that have kind of fallen from grace, but, you know, we'll get to see some... We'll get to see if Alabama comes out with a fire under their butt with their with uh, Bob Stoops, Bob Stoops at the helm, Lincoln Riley ghosting them and just ditching them. And adios Mario Cristobal from exactly Oregon too. Mario Cristobal just got the Miami job. Congrats to him. But um, that's gonna be very interesting. Two teams with new head coaches or interim head coaches. That will be either really weird or a really fun game. I'll tell you that. Uh, another game, UCLA versus North Carolina State. I'm expecting high scoring, fireworks, two high powered offenses. Devin Leary versus Dorian Thompson Robinson. It's gonna be fun. I can't wait. I I love that game. That's the Holiday Bowl. And then last but not least, well, probably least honestly, <laughs> excuse me, the Cure Bowl. Uh, weird name for the bowl. First of all, I don't know what the hell they're doing there. But um, Northern Illinois versus Coastal Carolina. I mean, neither of us really know much about either of the teams. Coastal Carolina know a little bit more. Grayson McCall with his crazy mullet playing quarterback. I mean, that's kind of the only reason I'm going to be watching that game. I need to see mullet man throwing rockets down the field. And um, Coastal Carolina with their sick uniforms. I want to see that game. I'm kind of excited for that. And it's the early game, too, so there's not much competition. So it's just a good Thursday night football game. Yeah, I'll, I'll add a couple. Uh the Birmingham Bowl, Houston versus Auburn. I know that's kind of my least one that I'm I'm a little excited about. You kind of took all, all of my good ones. Um, yeah, the, excuse me. That was a Friday game for the call Northern Illinois Coastal Carolina. It's that no Thursday. Worries. My bad. Um, the Holiday Bowl, UCLA versus NC State. Mm-hmm. That one yeah. interests me a lot. We know that's going to um, be fun. UCLA was ranked at one point, fell from grace again. Yeah. NC State ends the year at number 18. Both, I both think that'll teams. be a fun one. Both great teams. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah. Clemson versus Iowa State. Forgot to I, that. I am looking forward to that one. Clemson, a weaker Clemson team versus a maybe underrated Iowa State team. Iowa State played a tough conference schedule this year. They're a talented they, team. They're, they're yeah. a talented team. I think that is going to be a very, very closely played game. Um, there was one more that I was interested in. Let me find it real quick. Uh, the Citrus Bowl. Iowa versus Kentucky. I think that's going to be a fun one. Uh, two teams that were top 10 teams at one point this year and now playing in a non-New Year's Six Bowl down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely a fall from grace there. But, yeah, no, I'm really excited for bowl season, man. Bowl, bowl season is so much fun. This is my favorite time of the year. You got Christmas, New Year's, and college football. And the end of my pain for the New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> end of football season, too. Yeah, it's going to be wild. And, yeah, just it's it's a great time of the year. Can't wait. But, yeah, let's get into the New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, let's go. Uh, first one we'll mention, number four, Cincinnati versus number one, Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my prep for this, I said Alabama by a million. Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't actually believe that Alabama should win this game, however. Um, they simply have better players and yeah. the only coach that is better than Luke Fickle. However, after some consideration – not having John Mechie, we've talked about how balanced Cincinnati is. I think this is going to be a close one. Mm-hmm. However, I think Alabama still wins it. I got, I'm got. i not going to give score predictions. I'll give what I think they win by. I want to say three, three to seven in this oh. one. Um, I think Cincinnati plays them close. 
we will see how it goes, but it's so far away. Uh, you know, there's still time for guys to get hurt. There's time for some guys to get back that we haven't heard about in a while. Uh, so I'm not going to give any exact score predictions, but I say three to seven points Alabama wins. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is two really good programs. I feel just I feel bad for Cincinnati. They just got matched up with the best team in the nation in their first rodeo at the at the playoff. But I mean, when you're new to the playoff, you're gonna have to have the tough test. That's just how it goes. And Cincinnati is going to get tested. They're they got they're pretty much outmatched on every position, which sucks for them because they're such a good team. And I love Cincinnati. I love what they're doing. I think all of America outside this, of Alabama, outside fans, of Alabama fans, is want Cincinnati. Cincinnati to win this year. And this is yeah. I don't know, man. I, it hurts me, but I do. Yeah, Alabama's going to win this game. It's not going to be a blowout. I don't think. I hope not, uh, because it's for entertainment's sake. But what do you consider fourteen a blowout? I have no, not fourteen. Not, I mean, fourteen's a it's, it's a it's a good win. It's a two, but it's game. not it's not a blowout. Yeah, I have forty eight thirty four Alabama. So I think it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be fun. It's going to be a fun game. I'm, ex- I'm very excited for this. It's gonna be a good coaching matchup. I expect some crazy plays. I expect some trick plays. Uh, I expect Luke Fickle to pull something out of his uh, out of his sleeve, maybe uh, catch him off guard, and I expect some. I expect fireworks. Little little hidden ace from Luke Fickle. Um, the Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Michigan. This game interests me a lot. Yeah. I, I have a lot of interest in this. I think these teams are very evenly matched after yeah. after watching them both a little bit down the stretch. Michigan wants to win it. They got to keep playing the way they've been playing. High energy, get to the quarterback, force some turnovers. You know, Stenson Bennett is very, very capable of forcing turnovers. Mm -hmm. If Georgia wants to win this, they just got to get back to that suffocating defense that we saw all year long. I have no idea who's going to win this game. I'm just going to throw out Georgia by seven, win by a touchdown. Um, I just think Georgia has better players. They've been doing it all season long. And Kirby Smart is a very good coach, and I still am slightly hesitant on Jim Harbaugh. Oh, God. Yes, I mean, so am I on both of them, Smart and Harbaugh. But um, you've if you've been listening so far, if you've listened to this podcast so far, you know that I'm not high in Georgia and I'm much higher on Michigan right now. I'll tell you that right now. If Michigan. All so you're Michigan, picking Georgia because you're no to go against your gut. No, um, I I was originally gonna pick Georgia. I'm gonna get to that, but um, what do you call it? Michigan. All they really need to do is just uh, game plan what they did against Iowa, but t- multiply it by ten because Iowa and Georgia are so similar. Terrible quarterback play, run the ball, great defense, and great trench play. But this Michigan team is playing the best football they've ever played. And Georgia is stumbling into the playoff. Uh, I know. I don't know. I don't know about stumbling. stumbling I don't know about playoffs. stumbling, but man, they, they have. They, they got. They got jo- beat by Alabama. Big whoop. I mean, well, for the rest well, of the year, they, the week before, yeah. they beat Georgia Tech. What forty-five to zero? Wow, jo- that is jo- not, wow, Georgia. That is not stumbling wow, Georgia into the Tech. Com- Get out of here. Wow, Georgia Tech. Compare that to Iowa and Ohio State. So tough. No, but Georgia. I don't buy Georgia at all, and I think their season ends here. Um. Michigan thirty one twenty seven. Wow. Well, uh, let's move on. Non playoff bowl games. There, there are some very fun ones. Um, Ohio State versus Utah in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Down in Pasadena. Um, this is another very fun game. Uh, Utah dominated Oregon twice this year. Absolutely dominated. Oregon beat Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I I think it's Ohio State. I like Ohio State by ten. Okay. And this one, um, it's just very different from Oregon, but Ohio State-Utah should be another fun game. I think it's going to be close in the first half. I think Utah has a way to stop Ohio State a little bit, but I think Ohio State ultimately pulls this out 38-24. Ohio State, uh, disappointing end of the season so far, but they're going to take care of business against a good Utah team, a very good Utah team, but Ohio State by 14. Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, next one. Ole Miss versus Baylor. Mm, this one, this one outside of the one we're going to talk about is is the one that I am very very interested in. Um, I I don't know a ton about either of these teams. Right. Every time I watch both of them play, They're it's, both a, good it's teams. a fun They're game. They're both good teams. Um, I I like Ole Miss. Right. 
Right. I say Ole Miss by two touchdowns. Wow. I like I like Lane Kiffin's high-powered offense, and I think the Big 12 sucks. I've been saying it all year. <laughs> the Big 12 sucks. Uh, so I think Matt Crowell's going to have an amazing game. He's going to prove why he should be one of the top three quarterbacks taken in this year's draft. Well, he already proved that. But but he's going to reiterate lock it that. In. Lock and, it in. And possibly get that first quarterback spot taken. Who knows? Um, Yeah, this is going to be a great game. You're a Big 12 sucks guy. I mean, like, I don't think it's a good conference, but I do think Baylor is a very good team. I think they're the best team in the conference now. Yeah, best now that, team in now, the conference. Now they in, took in the worst conference. But I, I would, but, but, I would almost say the ACC is better. Relax. <laughs> the Pac-12 is better. Um, the Danny, big, it's da- it's the it's the SEC. Da- and the Danny big 10 Danny Roofer team that doesn't have a conference. Be quiet. Um, this is a very good Baylor team. Um, <laughs> Baylor. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see this game. Um, you got kind of like a contrast to coaching styles. Dave Aranda, former head, uh, defensive coordinator at LSU under Ed Orgeron, national champion, um, unbelievable defensive coach. And this is a very good Baylor team versus a Lane Kiffin that, like, they just say, fly. Let's just run, run, run. Like, by run, I mean, like, run up the score, pass, pass. Matt Corral, Matt Corral, more Matt Corral. And there's a very fun team there. I mean, I think this is gonna be a really good game. I I think but, it's gonna be a good game as well. But I, think I Ole Miss but I, is better though. I think Baylor is better. I think Baylor thirty four twenty seven. Wow. Thirty four twenty seven. Dave Dave Aranda. Ole Miss by two touchdowns. Dave Aranda outcoaches sure. Matt. Uh, outcoaches Lane Kiffin and no wins this shot. game. No shot. Lane, Kiff, right. Lane right. Kiffin has been there, done that. Oh, been there, done that with what? Let's bet ten dollars. Uh, wait, <laughs> I, excuse me. I do not advise betting on this game, but we do not advise betting here at WFPV Sports. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I think Baylor will win this game. Oh man! All right, let's move on. My favorite game of the week: uh, Notre Dame is going to whoop the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Um, everyone that's listened to this all year knows my pick. Um, Notre Dame has so much to play for coming into this one. New head coach, a lot of fire coming out of that locker room. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, the Twitter, big... fi- Twitter fingers. Oh, of course. Uh, the Big 12 sucks. I got Notre Dame by at least three scores in this one. I, at least, at least 17. I think Oklahoma State comes into this piss and they win 49 nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Notre Dame 34-20. Uh, I think this, as we said, Notre Dame has more to play for. They're angry. They're pissed. And they got a new head coach. They got something to prove. Uh, Brian Kelly, eat your heart out. Um, 34-20, Notre Dame, as I just said. Yeah, I, I think Notre Dame, they got a, they got a lot of fire. Um, I just think. Marcus Freeman is going to have the boys up and ready. They're going to have a great defensive game plan against uh, the Cowboys. But uh, let's move on. Final one, final New Year's Six Bowl, final game we'll talk about. Pitt versus Michigan State. Um, I think I really see this one as who can score more points. Yes. Who, who, Fully can, agree. who can outscore who? Uh, Fully no agree. defense is going to be played. Final score of this one might be 101 to 100. Um, I, I think... I like Pitt in this one. I'm going to give Pitt the advantage just because passing. of Kenny Pickett and that passing attack. Um, I think if Michigan State scores first, they win this game. If Pitt scores first, they win this game. I do have Michigan State uh, scoring first, and they're going to win this game. Kenneth Walker is going to have one last signature performance before he heads off to the NFL. 42-35 Michigan State. Go Spartans. Yeah, I, I, I just I can't. Michigan State has proved me wrong on a couple of occasions. Well, yeah, because you picked against them when you picked Michigan yeah. early in the season. Well, they, they proved me wrong on a couple I, of I'm occasions. A, I'm a ride with Sparty. I'm, I'm a ride with like Sparty. Pitt and uh, Kenny Pickett. But, you know, Tyler, I think that is just about going to do it for us. Another fun episode. Cannot wait for Bowl Week. Um, our producer today was Julia Moss. This was College Gridiron for Tyler Who. I am Danny Scott. <laughs> <laughs>